Hey everybody, this is Josh. Just a real quick little intro into today's episode. So this is um, a different episode. We're going to call this an analog skills episode. And this is the art of living off the land with one of our listeners. His name is Tyler Dotsty. So it's going to be, we believe it's going to be part one of several parts. So we want you guys to just kind of get uh, familiar with Tyler in this episode and just kind of introduce you to what he's doing. So without further ado, here's the episode. Everybody, this is the maiden voyage for Josh and I to go out into the field, out of the loop, <laughs> bringing people into the loop, whatever that is. We are live and in person in world headquarters <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Mr. Tyler. So what we're doing here is uh, Tyler, as, as he's an avid gardener, he, he really believes in like self-sufficiency and being less dependent on grocery stores. All that kind of stuff. We're going to let him talk about it a little bit more. But so we're just, that's, I know Tyler. I work with him in my other job. Brian, this is his first time meeting him. So this is our first time over at his place. And we're looking around. We're seeing what he's doing. And we're just going to have him kind of explain. Yep. So, so Tyler, just what do you do? Like, what are you doing here? Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on the podcast. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> that's true, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we only paid him a little bit of money to say that. <laughs> Well, basically, I just uh, my my number one passion is life in life is growing food. So food, like when we're talking about um, not just vegetables and like le- like plants, we're talking about you have chickens, you have rabbits. Yep, not just plants, all, right. food all the all the way. Uh, honestly, I think most of the world's problems can be solved in a garden, and so that's why it's become my number one passion. It solves so many problems for me, and I think so, it solves more problems for everyone else as well. Okay, so what kind of problems does it solve for you? I mean, if you want to share. Oh, I'm happy to share. I want everybody to know. Uh, uh, one of the biggest problems today is people aren't very happy with life, and maybe they're not, they're not sure why. And so, so I think uh, one of the biggest problems gardening can solve is depression. You get outside, you get fresh air, you get sunlight, and you uh, exercise a little bit. You just, sure. You're going to feel better, I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you're doing something with your hands. You're in that kind of like mode where, and you're seeing the result. Absolutely. Yeah, especially over time. It's real satisfying to see uh, my little sprout turn into a giant tree that gives me fruit. Yeah. And then you can replant another one if you want. Or It's a lot more satisfying to walk into my backyard and pick some fruit rather than drive to Walmart and uh, buy some. And buy some. Yeah. And yeah. remove the sticker. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then, then you don't know what went into it either. Exactly. So because here... That's that's a big passion of yours as well, right? Absolutely. Fruit, something that's sustainable and that you know what you did. Sure. A yeah. lot of times when you're buying something out of a box or a bag, you're not really sure what went into it. And I think a lot of people know that maybe not the best things were done right. in the production of that food. But in my backyard, I know exactly what. Right. So, I mean, you know if you fertilize it or whatever, or if it had a disease or whatever, you took care of it. I have basically no fear about, about what was done to my land or to my food. Right. Yeah, right. So let's, let's rewind it a little bit because um, sometimes, depending on where pe- people grew up, they have more access to land to be able to do things. Sometimes people have grown up in the city and they've barely seen like a, sure. you know, a little patch of grass or something like that. So in your growing up, did you grow up around a family of, of people who loved the garden? Or was it oh, something that you did in your adult life? Not at all. I grew up in uh, traditional suburbs on a little tiny plot of uh, lawn, basically. So it never really occurred to me that that 
food production could be like this. It could be uh, so little work. I never even really thought about it growing up, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So how did you get to the point where you wanted to do this, is what I'm saying? Uh, I kept reading articles and hearing about, you know, salmonella and pollution All the and, diseases, uh, yeah. and factory farms, which are... Right. They're pretty awful. Right. And, uh, you know, it kind of just slowly... Through my own research, it's kind of just slowly grew in my mind that this is what I want to do. And once I finally started having a bit of success, it really grew into on my number one passion. Okay, cool. That's really good. I, see, I think for a lot of people now, especially as there's a lot of documentaries and there's a lot of other things that have popped up in the world as far as different kinds of health issues. And people, I think, are refocusing on food or just right. like where my food comes from and mm-hmm. do I know the people that grow my food and know it because that that way you have that level of trust because you had mentioned that there's some fear things going like i'm going here where did this come from Mm -hmm. whatever right Uh, just because some corporation funded a uh, a study that supports that whatever little additive or preservative that's in their food does not cause any health effects does not necessarily mean that that study is totally unbiased yeah and that's a that's a contextual awareness thing that we talk about on the we podcast. Talk about that a lot. Yep. It's um, if you have a study, you have to like who funded the study, exactly. like what was the sample set, and it, you just have to ask a couple questions below it. Because I remember like in the fifties when they said like you know nine out of ten doctors prefer Camel cigarettes. It's right. Like, it's like well, it's because they smoked them. It wasn't because it was healthy for them. Right. Well, if you know, I can recommend anything. I'm just not a doctor. So <laughs> if I, you know, if I just say I'm recommending this, but it has a little more weight in the eyes of public if you are yeah. a quote unquote learned individual. So Tyler, I know like uh, Josh had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that he knows you through his other, other work and things like that. How did you start? Like, what was the first thing that you did to kind of give you that level of confidence to go, you know what, I can do this and go on. Cause I think a lot of people, when they think about it, it's such a, it seems like such a big thing. So how do they start? small or how do you how did you start how did they start something that then they can get confidence and move forward with it well well personally i was i was uh in class learning a language which is fun right uh, i thought that might be my passion at the time but i was getting bored and uh watching youtube videos instead of studying and uh, the passion of those people in those videos kind of got me interested and once i realized that it's that a lot of times if if you know which plants to grow and how they like to grow uh, it's not even that much work. Right. And so I, I just started trying. I, I definitely have failed many times, but that's part of that's part of learning anything. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and eventually I stopped failing so much and I started succeeding a lot. And now that my garden's established, I barely have to do any work, to be honest. Right, right. And I'm going to vouch for this. We went out there, we walked through his garden. And it's great. It's got he's got pollinators everywhere, and all the plants are healthy, mm-hmm. and it's it's a great experience to walk through. A lot of good diversity of things as far as like things to right. not only like things to eat, but things to help the soil to prepare the things that you eat. You Absolutely. Know? Um, um, not only uh, is my my garden doesn't not only am I not having the negative effects that might be associated with modern agriculture, I'm actually having a positive effect on the environment because I'm creating tons of homes for all the pollinating insects sure. and other wildlife that are attracted to my garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's having an overall positive effect. It's helping the environment and producing my own food rather than harming it by creating this huge field that destroys the environment and uh, uses tons of conventional pesticides and fertilizers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, herbicides, pesticides, all that. And then you're also not, 
I mean, if you think about it, if we, let's follow it even farther. Like when you go to the store and you buy something and it's in a container, yep. you're taking a container home. And now you have to figure out, do I recycle this container? But then when, right. you, when it's out of your site, you don't know if it actually gets recycled. Or if it just gets thrown in a landfill, or what happens to it. Yeah, so, in a way, you're you're being nickeled and dimed with pollution every time you take part in that kind of activity. Right. You drive in there. Right. You're, you're wasting gas, to, or not wasting, but you're you're using gas to go there. You're you're using your money, which is a limited resource that you have. Everything around. comes in a a package of some sort that gets thrown in the garbage. And I think this is a good thing too, because you mentioned that um, before we started recording that you save a lot of money on food. I think most people would be very interested in that because that would hit them something they could see almost in the immediate. Very, very practical application. So why don't you tell more about that? Like you don't have to give us specific numbers, but maybe like what's a percentage? Like have you noticed that your like overall budget, let's just say, for food? Like let's say your budget was your 100% is what you're spending before you started growing your own food. Mm-hmm. What are you spending on food now? I know because I know you mentioned you're not 100% self-sufficient yet with the garden, but you're getting there. You're like, a year or so okay well uh, i can easily say i do not have to buy any types of greens which whatsoever and which is something that people love to buy Mm -hmm. sure you know and and if you don't love to buy them i highly recommend you start loving to buy them they're an essential part of your nutrition they have a lot of things you need right Uh, so i don't have to buy any greens at this point i have about three that i can walk outside and harvest as many times as i want okay so what are the three plants that you have Oh my! Well, my three greens plants. Yeah. 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 Uh, number one is katuk. Okay, katuk. Okay. Um, that's got plenty of nutrients. And then number two is longevity spinach. Right. Okay. That's that's one we saw too. Uh-huh. Okay. And then another, the other one is chaya. Chaya. Yep. Okay. Those are my three favorite green plants. Okay. Now some of this too. Um, when you start talking about having a garden and depending where you live in the country. Yeah, that's what I was just going to talk to with Brian too. I'll let him talk yeah, first though. There, there's a, a localization factor that happens. So if you think about like a lot of, we'll take a, a non-plant thing, for example, we'll talk about something like Genio turkey, right? The reason why that the, the turkey, what we think about is that way, is just because, you know, big companies, like I said, this is the type of turkey I want and we want people to be able to expect this kind. And yet there's all different kinds of turkeys, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, you know, just like there is for animals, there is for plants. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what you go to the grocery store, Tyler, you were mentioning, those are just the plants that are more durable to be able to ship somewhere. Absolutely. Not necessarily like the ones that you can grow in the back. And now, I'll be honest, like for me, who's would get into it, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, is this okay to eat? And so I think some of it is an education piece for people to say, what can I grow in my area? Absolutely. Right, right. So depending on where you live in the country. So just for perspective, we live in Southwest Florida. So we're in a, what would we call ourselves, a semi-tropical? Subtropical. 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 So we, we don't have really any hard freezes, so we can grow pretty much. If we know what we're growing, if we know what we're doing, we can grow all year round. Yep. Right. Uh, I want to say that the, the food that is available in the supermarket is extremely, extremely limited, not only in the species, but in the variety of the species. You go to the store and you see maybe one type of broccoli you've ever seen in your whole life right you see one type of one or two types of uh maybe let's say four types of apples that but in reality every single plant species there is to eat has hundreds of varieties right and they they can they can be totally different than you you ever would have imagined not only that but there are tons of other species you've never even heard of that you can grow and eat and they're equally if not more healthy this is this is the age of the internet where it's really helpful when um if there's something like that, you can learn about these things. Because right. I remember growing up in the small town that Josh and I did, it was like, we didn't have all the information about... I mean, we grew up around farms and stuff, but they grew potatoes and corn. 
soybean on the off years. Corn and soy, the lamest yeah, yeah. two crops in the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what they grew because that's what they could make money on. Sure. Yeah. Because for ethanol, production of corn for corn. Right. Mm-hmm. And soybean was just basically the off year when they were when they were rotating their crops from corn. Sure. Yeah. And potatoes was the one city next to us was like potato capital of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what's it, what's interesting too is in in our generation or I'll say the previous generation, they were privy to watching kind of the revolution of farming. When I say revolution, it means like what we call conventional farming today was something that was like, hey, we're going to do these things and look, we can pack more crops into a small area and we can, you know, uh, and we'll just replace it, what's coming out of the soil with these, you know, three main elements and we're going to do more and more and more. And what's happened is that um, we are now, the, uh, you know, how we're living, we just think of that that's normal. But that mm-hmm. wasn't normal hundred years ago. Right. It wasn't normal even probably 80 years ago. There are, of course, some pros to modern agriculture because we can produce a lot of food. On a small, yeah, and, small and amount. And using a very, very small amount of manpower. But, of course, there's a lot of negative consequences to how we're doing things right now, which obviously includes the environment and health and our personal mental health. Right. So that was uh, that was something that we wanted, I want to circle back around, too, is that like you said, it like it helps you with depressing mm-hmm. depression, or if you had a bad day, you go out there and you know and you feel better about sure. it. Sure, is that just because of the work you think, or just because you're doing something that's productive for yourself? Oh, it's definitely both. Don't forget, we are animals. We right, we didn't. Right. I don't know if you believe in God or evolution, but either way, we 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 weren't we're not here to sit in a box all day, right? And right. And, and not be outside. We are part of nature. Very recent in human history that we built homes. And communities, and like yeah, we're in these sure. big groups. We're kind of so, we're insulated by our own advancements. Yeah, yeah, cars, buildings, the, the technology. Internet. I mean, even though the internet is like so such a wonderful thing, it's it, wonderful. It, it, yeah. it makes people think it can be insulated because you can sit in your house and supposedly talk to people that you've never talked to, even though you're not. But we can you you know, so you're getting out of that kind of rhythm of meeting people, going out, actually having sure. human-to-human contact. It can be very helpful, but it kind of separates you from the real world. Right. And right. the real world is what's going to make you truly happy. Right, right. So, okay, so what do we want to... So, we, we talked to about self-sustaining. I'm yep. going to edit this. Yep, so, so let, let's let's pivot a little bit and let's go... Um, you want to say how somebody can start? Like, just research? Because that's what Tyler kind of started touching. The first thing right. that you would want to research is uh, what is available that grows well in your area. Okay. Because some of the plants I've mentioned so far, they're, right. they're subtropical. And I understand that. I yeah. love being in Florida, so I focus on stuff that grows well here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas in Ohio, it's, you know, right. Right. not going to grow You're going to have a limited Ohio. growing season and you're right. going to be able to, you would want to grow things that not only could you maybe get a lot of and grow and then they can them for the winter. Yeah, exactly. Because my grandmother was from, from Michigan. She did, she would do like a, like an acre garden and have like, you know, you know, squash, tomatoes, but you know, potatoes, sure. all the stuff, the root vegetables mm-hmm. that she could easily like either can or, or preserve or yeah. preserve for the winter. Something like roots, you can store in a root cellar or something. You can can stuff. Some squash, you can just sit on your shelf for six months. It'll be good. Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's pivot to, um, let's see here. Can we actually talk about? Is there? Do you have an example of like maybe like man, I failed at this, and like this, but this informing to how to do this other thing. Mm. You know, it's like because one when we do this is like a, some of our episodes, especially we're talking about like hey, we're human, we're not perfect, 
you know, and don't be afraid of, of just doing something to start. Sure. You know, I think people are afraid of what's it going to cost? You know, am I going to whatever, like you, you have transitioned from now. Um, you're not fully there, but you had to take time to be able to fine tune it. So probably the question is this, um, Tyler, can you tell us how much time from like when you started to when you could actually expect to like live off things that you harvested? Because I think where people go, it's, I'm reminded of this uh, Beavis and Butthead episode years ago where they wanted nachos and they got really <laughs> impatient when they planted the corn and it wasn't like a day later and they're stomping <laughs> yeah. it mad, you know? Yeah. It's like, where should people set their expectations about like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this commitment to be able to learn and fail and do things. Well, to be honest, that's that's a little hard to answer because it does depend on your area. But I mean, something like if you wanna if you wanna get some average potting soil or something and throw some radish seeds in there, you could have radishes and radish greens in a month. Now, would you recommend that people maybe start like in the container, like a container plant potting planting, so they can move them around or see if it's in the right area? Or would you just recommend them mm. starting a small garden? I, I recommend starting small. You can do pots if you want to. It depends on your style and if you're not sure how long you're going to be in that location or if you're not sure if you want your garden to be in that location. Okay. Uh, I personally like growing things in the ground because sure. cause I like to cultivate a really healthy soil with lots of soil biology and fungus and stuff like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So if you have, let's say, let's say that you are living in a city, right? And let's say you're in an apartment and you don't have any green space, right? So you're talking about potted things. Now, a lot yeah. of people would think like an herb garden. You know, sure. something simple yeah. that can grow. You know, um, I think where people start to get weak, like, what do I apply it to? So when you started planting, were you going like, this is the end game? Like, I want something that I'm able to eat as a starch. I want something that I can eat as a green. Did you have an end game in mind or did you say, like, I'm going to just try some things and then kind of steer the ship from there? When I was first starting, I didn't really have a completely clear goal i just i thought it was cool that i could just grow food and it seemed like a fun thing to learn and a useful life skill and as i kept learning about it i realized oh i can actually provide all the nutrition i need yeah i started pivoting you started like researching more yeah. and thinking more you're like wow this one plant look how big this guy sure i'm like i don't yeah. need much of these to be able to eat yeah right. an example was like a i i was i wanted to try uh potatoes so i i Got some old tires and I made a potato tower. Right. Florida's way too hot for that, so they just got cooked. And then so I went to research fries, it. And gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're talking about sweet potatoes? Oh, uh, no, I'm talking about regular potatoes. Oh, oh, regular potatoes. But so then I researched why I failed and I realized, oh, I could grow sweet potatoes, which grow way better down here. Because of the soil. Is it the soil down here? The sandy soil? That- sandy soil helps and so does the heat. Okay. And then I realized, oh, sweet potatoes are healthier anyway and right. you can eat the greens. Yeah, so, you can. So that's that's kind of an example of how like an initial failure turned into something that i didn't realize could be even better and not only that but you repurpose old tires which is great because <laughs> we don't need those yeah. in the hand well to be honest i i gave i gave up on the tires yeah, yeah. i don't want yeah. to look at tires <laughs> have you used, have you ever like used like like a potato bag like one of those ones with the zipper on them you know what i'm talking about and you keep filling with dirt i've seen that done yeah but you can do that i, I just like the ground personally yeah, yeah and then just take them out yep what I did uh, for my for my personal garden was I, I had a load of slightly composted mulch delivered, like a truck load oh, full okay. of it, and I've just been uh, putting that where I'm growing plants. Oh, okay. okay. It was like 100 bucks. It's lasted me over a year. 
Yeah, so I mean, so it's just something to kickstart. Yeah. So you don't have to make your own compost and yep. all that and get going on it because that will take a while. It does. Uh, although uh, one thing, you know, just to get pe- people's minds thinking, uh, one thing I, I do is I, I have a, a little plastic tote right. with right. some holes drilled in it. And I put kitchen scraps and weed clippings in there. Greens and things And like I put that. some uh, red wiggler worms in there, and they speed up the composting process. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, so like, what, what I think we're trying to get to, too, is that there's multiple steps to this. Yeah. So, if you want to do, like, A, like, you can just definitely just start planting some plants mm-hmm. and start going. And if you're content with that, great. But if you want to pivot more and get more, you're going to have to do some research on your end. You're going to have to research your area that you live in because we've got people out listening all over the country. Yep. You're going to have to research what you want. First of all, what do you want? Yeah, what do you what's want? Your, to what's your end goal? Yeah. And your end goal, like you said, you didn't start out with really an end goal. You thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. And to be able to get greens and everything mm-hmm. like that. So we start out there. And then you'd have to say to yourself, okay, this is what I'm going to do. These are the steps I'm going to take. Yep. So when people are thinking about it, like let's talk about the categories. Well, in terms of like what, what kind of categories you might need to know would be, obviously your location, that's probably the biggest one. Because of USDA growing... The grow zones. Grow, yep. grow zones. And also what kind of soil you already have because... And if you have to amend that soil yep. in any way. And I recommend you just amend it with your own compost anyway. Right. And then um, what what specific plants grow in the area in the compost or in, in the soil structure. And then um, what plants do you enjoy eating? Sure. Because you... you you know, you can grow. That's it. important. <laughs> yeah. I can grow tomatoes all day, but I don't like tomatoes. Right. So I, you don't I like do, tomatoes. I do like tomato. I'll tell you one thing. I do like a cherry tomato that if I grow it and I put a little salt and pepper on it, I do like it. Mm. I don't like the ones from the that are on the sto- in the store because well, I, I have grown my own tomatoes before. That reminds me of what we mentioned before. Those, those tomatoes that are in the store were specifically bred for right. s- transportation and storage. Right. They weren't bred for taste or, so or nutrition. Taste. Yeah, they're they're bland. Yeah, they are very grow. bland. Mm-hmm. So. so Okay, okay, so so we're looking at uh, like the like looking at the grow zones, mm-hmm. right? Then deciding like what do I like to eat and what's available in my area, mm-hmm. right? And then what season is it? Season will affect what you grow as well. Okay, got it. And that's probably a good place to to put a comma for this piece of it. Just kind of understanding some of the impetus of why you want to start uh, like even a little garden of your own, whether it's just a little bitty shelf up in your window if you're in an apartment. You know, if you have a little bit more land. You start to think about, you know, how could I leverage this land that I have to be a little bit more self-sufficient in my life and not always dependent on going to the store. Or dependent on something else, somebody else. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Brian. Thanks so much for joining us today in this special format where Josh and I went out onto the loop and recorded some content remote. We want to thank Tyler, our special guest today. And if you want to learn more about what he is doing in his backyard visually, check out his YouTube channel at Hands Tied Tyler, and we'll have the link in the show notes. Until next time, we're putting a comma in the conversation, and part two with Tyler will publish sometime in the near future. Until then, this is Brian for Curiosity Continuum.